you. He opened up door that no man can shut. He shuts door that no man can open because he has you in his hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, media. Thank all you that are watching and your financial support. God bless you. It enables us to do what we are doing. Amen. Amen. God is awesome, God. I think I got a word for you that's going to bless you. Hallelujah. We've been working out of the 23rd Psalms. This is the 11th sermon from that psalm. We are in verse 4. Hallelujah. The title or the title of this series is Seeing Jesus as Our Lord, Shepherd, and Savior. Hallelujah. Living a life that can be used by God. Again, this is the 11th uh, sermon of the series. I, I'm in verse 4. I don't seem to be able to get out the valley. But today I got, I got, I got some antidote of how to successfully stay in the valley. Because there's a blessing in the valley. Amen. Just want to read verse 4. Reading, the, reading it out of the uh, Amplified Classic. And it reads as such in our hearing. Yes, though, or yea, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I would fear or dread no evil. For you, Lord, are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort me. Hallelujah. The subject matter I want to deal with is there's a blessing in the shadow of the valley of death. Let us pray. Father, even now, move Tracy out the way. Holy Spirit, just speak. Even now, speak into our spirits. Speak into our hearts. Speak, Lord. Allow us to hear your truth. Even now, Lord, have your way. And we will forever praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, increase the anointing. Increase the manifestation. Even now, amen. I thought I was finished with Valley, and we were sitting in the office after last Sunday's sermon. Somebody says something, and the Spirit of the Lord told me, no, you're still in the through. Don't go anywhere yet. There's still some truth, some understanding that has to be preached in order for people to make it through. Amen. Nobody likes being in the valley of the shadow of death. Look what it says. It, it appears to be death. It feels like death. It's not death, but it's the shadow of it. It may even feel like it. For some people, this pandemic, for, for other people, it's Trump and the presidency. For other people, on top of all that, you got personal things going on. 
that nobody even know what you're facing. Is anybody in the house? See, see, if you told your story, nobody would even believe because you have made up your mind that you won't look like what you're going through. <laughs> and whether you know it or not, if you are a child of God, at some point, and at different points in your life, you got your own through. Going through something, your through may not be my through, but you got a through. It is important, it is important to have a proper understanding when you're going through. Because if you don't understand what has happened, if you don't see the proper uh, preset, uh, the proper picture of Jesus, you'll get mad at God. It can be right up in church, but you're not talking to him. You're doing things because you don't understand what life has thrown at you. But I came today to tell you that there is a blessing in the valley of the shadow of death. Through the tears, through, through, through the pain, through the suffering, God has a blessing for you. Don't miss out on what God is doing with you, to you, through you. Don't miss out because your blessing on the other side depends on how you go through. Hallelujah. Let's watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Psalms 103, verse 7. We tapped into it a little bit last week, but, but we're going to go a little bit deeper. It says, Moses, he made known, he means God made known his ways, his righteousness, his justice, his character to Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel. They went through the same thing, but they came out of it differently. They, they, they all experienced the Egypt experience. God destroying the gods of Egypt. God bringing them through the Red Sea. And, and the children of Israel did not pass the test. They did not see the, the heart of God. All they saw was the hand of God. My question to us today is, is in your trouble, in your situation, has it made you see the heart of God clearer? Have your faith deepened? Have, have God shown you some things that you can look back over the valleys of your life and you can say, thank you, Lord, because if it had not been for that, I never would have known you like I know you. Hallelujah. See, 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 God is trying to peel away our untruths, peel away our wrong pe precepts, peel away the, the way we think and where it is wrong and trying to make us see him for what he is. Many of us are, 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 are dependent on the blessings in his hands without knowing his heart. God is trying to share himself with us, trying to share how good he is, trying to share his character with us, that, that, that you get to the place that no matter what life throws at you, at the end of the day, you can stand flat-footed and say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I know you got me. I know you love me. I don't understand what you're up to. I don't know why you haven't changed my situation. But you still, my God, 
when you read through the Psalms, especially the Psalms of David, David may start off complaining about his situation. He may start off not liking where he's at, but you never hear him accusing God of anything wrong. He starts off saying, I don't like where I'm at. I've been crying and you're not hearing me. But by the end of the psalm, he's praising God. He's thanking God. He said, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I'm going to wait on you. Lord, you're my everything. Lord, you're my strong tower. Lord, you know, it should be to the place that though we may not like where we at, we can go to God and tell him how we feel. But one thing that we don't question, we don't question his character. We don't question his goodness. Listen, the fire, the valley rises up what is really in us so that you can see yourself and know I need to get closer. Psalms 103 verse 7, it, it talks about the difference between the two. Why Moses saw more of God why he understood God's ways. And the children of Israel did not allow their experience to take them deeper. You know, it's funny. The same heat of the sun that melts hardened wax, that melts it, it hardens clay. It's not, it's not, it's not the circumstances you go through is how we respond to it. Whenever I see somebody that is full of the Holy Spirit and I see their, the presence of God on them, they have a great anointing, my first question is, what have they been through? What have they been through? Verse 8, it starts back with what Moses knew that the children of Israel did not know. It talks about his mercy, his compassion, passion, his goodness. It talks about his character. See, God can't help but be gracious. God can't help but be merciful. God can't help but be plentiful. He's looking, he even said he's slow to get angry. See, some of y'all are waiting for God to give revenge on somebody and God said, I'm a patient God. God, God, God said, you, you may want me to, to, to whoop them, but I didn't whoop you all the time. I was patient with you. I gave you chance after chance after chance after chance. Did, well, it, did you know that all of us are God's creation? So God will wait until he has no other, have no other recourse but the brain punishment. Our God is just that good. My, my brother and sister, what is he doing in your life? You may not like where you're at, but where you're at may be your blessing. He may be preparing you to take you to the next level because your attitude or the flush within you or your knowledge right now couldn't stand to be blessed. Why would God bless you when he knows if he blessed you, you're going to think that you did it yourself? What is it that, that God has to strip of you because if you get in the way, you're going to mess up your purpose? Hallelujah. Uh, God sees much more and knows much more of us than we know of ourselves 
because we try to impress people. And God said, I know who you are. And I'm trying to strip you of you because if I don't strip you of you, you're going to destroy you. Hallelujah. I think even this pandemic, there's a shaking going on. There's a shaking that is happening to the world. Job, after he'd been through what he went through, and Job is perfect, and, and that doesn't mean sinless. Mean his heart with God was in the right place. His heart with God was in the right place. It says, he says, Job said, I only heard about you before. Wait a minute, Job. You such a bad boy, God bragged on you. You such a bad boy. God told Satan, if he want to test somebody's love of him, test Job. Because Job loves me enough that no matter what you throw at him, he's going to love me anyway. <laughs> he, he, said, he said, Job not serving me for what I do for him. Job loves me. He knows me. And you can give him your worst. And at the end of the day, Job will still come back and say, though he slay me yet, will I trust him? Oh, Job is such a bad boy that even when his wife said, curse God and die, he said, hey, should we receive only good from God? If God bring evil, isn't he still God? Job is such a bad boy that when everybody else is talking about it, he's still waiting on the Lord. But after God talks to him, this is what Job said. He said, I thought I knew you. I thought I understood you. But after what I've been through, what I knew is like rumors compared to what I know now. Oh, let me help you. You don't learn God on the mountaintop. You learn God in the valley low. In the valley, you see some things. In the valley, you hear some things. In the valley, he'll rock you to sleep. In the valley, in the heat of it, in the heat of it. First Peter chapter 1 says this, somewhere around verse 6. He said, he said, rejoice, huh? Be glad when you go through trials and persecution. He said, why? He said, because it's the testing of your faith. The one thing that Satan is trying to steal from you is your confidence in God, is your faith in God. See, because if you quit trusting God, you run from him and not to him. If you mad at God, your growth quits. If you got an attitude with God, you're not hearing his voice. God want to know, is there anybody in the house? Is there anybody out there that though you don't like where you're at, though you don't like what's going on, after you, you tell him, I don't like this, you still come back. I ain't going nowhere. I'm staying right here. I don't got no other place to go. I'm going to praise you if I got to praise you with tears running down my eyes. I'm going to worship you when nobody else is worshiping you. Lord, you've been too good to me. 
for me to doubt you now. Even though I may die trusting you, well, I know you got me on the other side. Lord, I trust you. I know that I know that I know. What I discovered is God in the valley, in the furnace, as Peter calls it, in, in the furnace of heat where, where you are being purified in your spirit and in your soul. Listen, your spirit is already perfect, but it's your soul that has to be purified. He changed your thinking in the fire. He'll show you his ways in the fire. In the valley of the shadow of death, it is the fire of purification that brings up in us what we didn't even know was there. And when you recognize that that is not of God, you give it to him. Hallelujah. There, there, there's some things I had to go back to God and say, Lord, I misjudged you. Forgive me. Lord, I, I, I didn't understand what you was up to. Lord, forgive me. Lord, it, I didn't know how good you are. I didn't know how much you love me. I didn't know that you had plans for me. Lord, I misjudged. I thought that you was doing evil when you were doing nothing but good to me. Do I got any witnesses that can testify that now you know, now you see what you didn't see before, and you got to know that God is good? Heard there is an ancient story of shepherds. They say it's a legend. Don't know if it's true. But they said that a shepherd that is leading the sheep through uh, a valley, there's some sheep who just don't want to follow. I, I told you before that it's dangerous for a sheep to run from the shepherd. Because there are wolves, there are coyotes, there are bears, there are mountain lions that are waiting on that sheep to run too far from the shepherd. And when a, when a sheep makes it a habit of running, legend says that a shepherd will break his leg. That sounds cruel. See, but he, he breaks it to mend it, but while the leg is broken, the shepherd has the sheep on his shoulders carrying him so that the sheep will learn how much the shepherd loves him. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Now, I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if he breaks, if a shepherd would break his leg, but I know God will break the flesh off of us. I know God is trying to save you from you. Hallelujah. Look at Isaiah, Isaiah, I believe it's Isaiah 40 and 11. Look at this verse. Watch this verse. It says, it says, it says, he tends his flock, talking about us. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathered the lambs in his arms, and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. You know what he's saying? He said, I'm trying to get you to your place of blessing. I'm trying to prepare you on the inside 
so I could take you to your appointed purpose and destiny. When I look at this, I realize something. You may be anointed, but you're not ready for your appointment. See, the anointing always comes before the appointment. Matter of fact, he will even announce where he's taking you. But you're not ready to, to step in the appointment of what he told you. Let me explain. David at 15 is anointed king. But he don't step into the kingdomship till he was 30. He had to go through the running. He had to go through the test. He had to go through all the suffering in order for him to step up and be the king that God had called him to be. And then, then Acts chapter 13 said, David fulfilled his calling and his purpose in his generation. Hallelujah. I, 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 I question today, I say to you today, that if he had not been running for 15 years, he could not have completed what God had for him. Moses, for 40 years, he was on the backside of a mountain. Listen, he killed somebody, an Egyptian, because he felt the call. But instead of depending on God, he took it in his own decision, by his own strength. So God had to send him out tending sheep for 40 years. And after 40 years, God said, you ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? My question is, are you ready? Or is God preparing you? Because until our heart is ready, we're not ready to fulfill our appointment. He knows what he's doing. He knows you. He knows me. I, I, I keep on saying this, but I got to say this. I'm amazed how gentle he is in the breaking. <laughs> he handles us with kids skin gloves in the breaking. See, because if he took you any faster, it would kill you. If he did it any differently, it would mess you up. I told somebody the other day, I said, the secret is, is to remember that you are always in his hands. When trouble comes, I'm in his hands. When financial difficulty, I'm in his hands. When, when pandemic comes, I'm in his hands. If Trump get back in, I'm in his hands. See, 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 our faith is not dependent on what the world does. Our faith is dependent on who Jesus is. Can, can I help you for a minute? Jesus is in the valley with you. The valley is to make sure that you keep your eyes on him. It's easy to put your eyes on everything else. But whenever we're looking at anybody or anything else, that's our idol. That's our God. But when you don't have nobody else, when you don't have nothing else, and you know that your very next step depends on watching him, holding on to him. There's, there's a verse in Proverbs chapter 3 that we all like, but I wonder if you really understand. He said, I lean not unto my own understanding. But in all my ways, then the NIV says, 
I submit. See, you can acknowledge something and not do it. You can see it and know it and not walk in it. But when you submit, it means not my way, but your way. And I don't even like the way you're taking me, but I trust you. I see you. Lord, I got my focus on you. See, see, I think that many times we forget that this thing is all about Jesus. And we think it's all about us. Even in the church, we think that it's all about us. But the truth of the matter is, it's all about him. Essicity is a theological word, which means this God existed before anything else existed. He has always been. He will always be. That he is independent of everybody and everything, which means he don't need us. We are not here because he need us. Your worship does not change God. You don't worship him. Does not change God. God is so good and independent of himself. He made us to share his goodness with us. So if you don't want his goodness, it doesn't bother him. It only bothers him because he loves you. But it doesn't change who he is because he is good all by himself. He don't need nothing. He don't want for nothing. He's everything that he is by himself. He's not dependent on anything. It's us that is totally dependent on him. Oh, oh. What, what happens in the valley? In the valley, it set your eyes on him. And as you set your eyes on him, you begin to recognize how good he is. You begin to recognize how much he loves you. And the more that you see how good and how much he loves you, the more you begin to desire him. The more you begin to desire him, the more you love him. Now, the more you love him, the more he shows himself to you. So the more he shows himself to you, the more he blows your mind of how good he is. And once you taste and see that the Lord is good, one bite don't do it. You want some more of him. Now, the more that you want more of him, the more you begin to keep your eyes on him. The more you keep your eyes on him, the more he shows himself to you. The more you see how good and how much he loves you, you fall deeper in love with him. The more deeper in love with him you see of him, the more you chase him. The more you chase him, the more he shows you. The more he shows you, the deeper love you fall for him. The deeper love you fall for him, the more he shows you. Hey! From one level to the next level to the next level to the next level, he keeps getting better and better. He keeps getting gooder and gooder. You keep getting more into Jesus, deeper and deeper in his love, and the Holy Spirit takes you higher and higher. Hallelujah. There's another level. There's another level of him. And when you have his heart, you get within his hands, but he wants you to fall in love with his heart. Hallelujah. Lord, Lord, he has to reign supreme. Hallelujah. He has to reign supreme. Hallelujah. Listen to Paul. Paul blows me away. It's his love for the Lord. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 
verse 22-30. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, he is talking to the Corinthians because other people have come talking about Paul is not all that. Paul don't like to talk about his portfolio or what he's been through. But he loved the church of Corinth. He loves them. So he is defending his character. He is defending who he is. He says, they say that they're Hebrews. They say they're Jews. He said, I'm a Hebrew. I am also. They said that they're Israelites. He said, I'm an Israelite. They said that they are the seed of Abraham. He said, I can trace my blood back to Abraham too. He said that they are ministers of Christ. I speak as a fool. He said, I am more in labor. He said, I do more in, 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 in abundance than they do. He said, watch this. He says, in, stri in stripes above man. You know what he's saying? He said, I got the webs on my back. I got the scars on my back to prove how sold out I am for Jesus. He said, in prison, more frequently. So I'm thrown into prison all the time. He said, in death, often. He says, he says, for the Jews, he said, five times I received the 40 stripes, except one. That's beaten with a iron rod across your back, and you get 39 stripes. Many people don't survive it. Paul said, I was beaten like that five times for preaching the gospel. He said, he said, three times I was beaten with rods. I once was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I was in the sea all night and day. He said, I have been in the deep. You know what Paul is saying? He said, he said, he said, I've been through it in journey often in perils, in water, in perils, from robbers, in perils, from my own countrymen, in perils, from Gentile, in perils, in the city, in perils, in the wilderness, in perils, in the sea, in perils, among false brothers. What he's saying is, he said, you want to catch, you want to compare what you've been through for Christ with me? My question to Paul is, why you keep on running? Why you keep on going through this? Why are you going through the valley of death like this? What is it you see that we don't see? Here we complain about little things, and here you are in all of this for the name and sake of Christ. You keep on running. You keep on praising him. You put in jail with silence, and you are praising him. Paul, I don't understand you. He said, I love him. There's something about Jesus that gives me the can't help this. There's something about him that holds me astray. There's something. It's the love of Christ that constraineth me. He said, I know him, and he's better than life itself. David says in Psalms 20, 63, he says, he said, his loving kindness, which is Old Testament grace, is better than life. My experience with Jesus is better than life itself. That's what Paul is saying. Chapter 12, he says, 
three times I went in the season of prayer. I got this thing that Satan keeps on buffeting me. It, it, it hurts me. It hinders me. And I went to the Lord, and, and there was three seasons of, of seasons of prayer. He said, the third one, he said he wasn't going to remove it. Lord, what you talking about? You're not going to remove it. Then God says, my grace, my love, my loving kindness, my favor, my strength, my anointing is enough to carry you. Paul, I have to put you in a place of weakness. Because if I didn't put you in a place of weakness, you would depend on your own strength and your own strength would get you killed. But I got you where you know you need me. I got you where you can't help but praise me. I got you where you know that I'm not only your resource, I'm your source. The valley teaches us that Jesus is our all in all. That Jesus is our source of everything. That when you got him, you got everything else. I don't know how he does it, but he's good. Not just sometimes. He's good all the time. There's something about Jesus that makes everything okay. He don't have to change your circumstance, but if he gets deep down in your problem with you, if he stands there and holds you, if he gives you the grace and the favor and his love and his comfort, God will show you, Christ will show you, he got you. And when he got you, he'll make you okay in the midst of the valley. He is in the valley. Tell your neighbor, he's in my valley. He's in my valley. I'm so glad he's in my valley. I couldn't make it if he wasn't in my valley. I'm so glad he's here with me. He got me. He's with me. Is he in your situation with you? It's him. We can talk about everything else, but let's start. Do you have him? Do you see him? Is he holding you? Is he talking to you? Is he your peace, your comfort, and your joy? Oh, he's good. Right now, he's good. Without doing anything else, he's so, so I agree with David that his loving kindness is better than life itself. But you learn that in the valley. If you're on TV and you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a number that's coming up. And a 400 number you need to call. Amen. Somebody will pray with you. Someone will show you how to accept Jesus Christ. He said, Lord, come into my life. Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, today I give my life to you. I believe that you died for me and you rose for me. The 400 number, 5131, call and somebody will get that number. For anybody else, there's a minister there. If you're in the house and you want to join, you need to accept Jesus. The oldest stand up. You can go see him now and he will take care of you. There's another one back there. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for joining us. Let us go into prayer. Father, even now, we need you. Just manifest your presence where we are. You're so good. You love us so much. Wrap us in your arms. Carry us like you promised in Isaiah 40. Lord, we're your sheep. We're your children. Lord, you created us. You know everything about us. So Lord, meet us where we are and take us where you want us to be. All across the land. We need you, Lord. We need you. So touch even now. Strengthen even now. Hold even now. And we give you the praise. Thank you for joining us this time next week. The choir is going to come now. The praise group is going to come now. We love you. We're praying for you. Hold on to his unchanging hand. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, praise him.